What melts in your mouth, not in your hand? Find out next on Junk Feud. Oh yeah! Welcome to Junk Feud, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Liz. So, what did the candy say to another candy? What did the candy say to another candy? Uh, you're sweet? Nope. I've got some Twix up my sleeve. I've got some Twix up my sleeve. That is so goofy. That one was pretty open-ended. The answer could have been, like, literally anything. Yeah. Twix up my sleeve is a good one, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had a Twix up my sleeve. Twix are good. We've got something better. Yeah, I agree. Welcome back once again to the World's Yeetest Podcast, hitting them with the Riz each and every week. Liz. What? We made a friend. We did make a friend. Yeah, we, we made, made a fried. We made a fried. I spelled it wrong. We made a friend. We made Alyssa three friends, the three co-hosts of Candy is Dandy, the world's only podcast devoted entirely to reviewing candy. Can you believe that? Uh, no. <laughs> no, you can't believe it? No, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable, Dad. completely. Yeah, I mean, these guys are really good. I've been listening to their show. Every episode, they pick a different candy. They give its history. They taste it. They review it on the air. Does that sound like uh, something you might be familiar with? I feel like I've heard of those like really weird old man and wonderful young woman before. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty popular topic, but these guys list. These guys are the only ones that are doing just candy. We're doing all sorts of junk foods. They are hyper-focused on candy. I love it. Here's some of the stuff they found out, Liz. You know this one. They did an episode on Snickers. So did we. They found out it was named after a horse. So did we. Here's one we haven't done yet. They did an episode on Butterfingers. Lissa, do you, have you ever had a Butterfinger? No. Like Bart Simpson style, nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger? Mm-mm. Well, anyway, Candy is Dandy did an episode on Butterfingers. They found out it's connected to the atomic bomb, Alyssa. Oh, my God. Here's one I like. They did an episode on peach rings. You love peach rings. Love peach rings. You made us scout out peach rings in a rocket fizz in Fort Collins, Colorado not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. You sure did. Anyway, they did an episode with Comedy Bang Bang's Carl Tart, who we like because he's a constant guest host on Doughboys. Yeah. Yeah. Our, like, Godfather podcast. Yeah. Liz, if you love candy, and you do because you're listening to a show about junk food, you're going to love Candy is Dandy. You can find the Candy is Dandy podcast, the Candy Review podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Fun. Liz. Yeah. Guess what? What? That reminds me of this week's snack. Up next on Junk Food, umums. Umums? Umums. Sorry, what? Umums. Umums? Yeah, M&Ms, Liz. We're talking about candy. We're talking about M&Ms. What do you yeah. know about M&Ms, Alyssa? They're little disks of chocolate. Little disks <laughs> of chocolate. I mean, that's a fairly simple That's it, guys. description. That's it. That's the show. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Yeah. Uh, Liz, f- straight from Wikipedia, here we go. M&Ms are, you were close when you said chocolate discs, multicolored button-shaped chocolates, each of which has the letter M printed in lowercase in white on one side, consisting of a candy shell surrounding a filling, which varies depending on the variety of M&Ms. Yeah. We're usually talking about plain M&Ms though, right, Liz? Yeah. I mean, milk chocolate M&Ms, 68% cacao milk chocolate to be specific. Cacao. 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 I like saying saying cacao because it sounds like you're saying kapow. 
Kablamo. Kablamo, Kapow. I think uh, your Uncle Matt once made a creator wrestler in a Nintendo 64 wrestling video game, and the guy's name was Ricky Kapow. Ricky Kapow. Because in a an Incubus song, what song is it? I don't remember which one it is. But in an Incubus song, there's like a lyric where it sounds like the guy is saying Ricket Kapow. Ricket Kapow. Do you, do you know any Incubus songs, Liz? Nope. Wish you were here? No, I do not. Nice to know you. Nope. No? None of these? None. Incubus is good. We saw them in concert at the old Philadelphia Spectrum once. Aren't we seeing the Dave Matthews Band? I think we're going to go try to see the Dave Matthews Band for my anniversary this year if we can. Yeah. You've never and they're been... going to Jamaica without me. How no, rude. No, we're not. That's ne- First of all, that's next year. Maybe, if it happens. Well, they're still going without me. Liz. So. What? Uh, we were talking about M&M's. Um-ums. Um-ums. Are, is that going to be a running gag for the show? Or are you going to say um-ums every time you see M&M's in print? i say um-ums. Well, do you know anything about the history of M&M's, Liz? Um-ums. No. No. I don't. Uh, well, M&M's were sort of like the love child of two chocolate scions, Alyssa. Really? Yeah. Forrest Mars, who was the son of the Mars Company founder, Frank Mars, and then a guy named Bruce Murray, who was the son of then Hershey's president, William Murray. Wow. What is what is uh what do those two guys have in common, Lissa? Their last name starts with an M. An M, that's right. That's M-M. where the name comes from. M and M's is Mars and Murray. Mars and Murray's chocolate. That's right. And here's how it all happened, Liss. Uh Mars, Forrest Mars specifically, was in Europe. He was in Spain during the Spanish Civil War in the nineteen thirties, and he saw some soldiers there, and Liss, they were eating Smarties. Yeah. You're looking at them right now. These are not the Smarties that you get in the United States, which are like the chalky little discs of candy. You're shaking them into the microphone. These are the British Smarties, which are chocolate beans coated in a candy shell. They Haven't had been, we had those before? Yeah, we have. We tried them on the show. You liked them a little bit. We said they taste like M&Ms, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Smarties had been around for a while, actually. They'd been in production by a company called Roundtree since like 1882 in some form or another. Holy moly. And here's the big deal. They were the only chocolate that soldiers could reliably eat in the field when they were like at war because the candy shell that they were coated in prevented the chocolate from melting all over the place. Wow. Yeah. When M&Ms adopted that technology of candy coating milk chocolate discs, that was the basis for their slogan. The milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. What? Yeah, we're going to test that out later, Melt aren't we? Melts in my hand when I have it. Well, we'll see about that. There's and a little bit. I just have sweaty uh, palms, though. My hands are always sweating. <laughs> you have clammy hands. Look at them. I, they're yeah, they're super shiny right now. I mean, it doesn't help that it's a little bit warm in the studio. No, I'm just like always sweating for some reason. Well, that's uh, gross, right? No. No, it's. Well, I'm just like cool like that. You're cool and sweaty. <laughs> cool and sweaty, I think, are opposites, right? Yes. Anyway, Liz, here's what happened. Mars saw these soldiers eating British Smarties. He brought the idea back to the U.S. He partnered up with Murray. Uh, and gave him a 20% stake in the company because Murray was the only one that could promise him a steady supply of chocolate, specifically, Alyssa, in the beginning, Hershey's chocolate, because wartime rationing was going on in 1941 when they opened their first factory to produce M&Ms. Guess where it was? Newark. Newark, New Jersey. That's right. That's like right around the corner. That is right around the corner. Hey, Liz. What? What else was going on in 1941? Uh, John Ford won an Oscar for directing The Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, what do you know about The Grapes of Wrath? Absolutely nothing. Well, it's, I mean, it's food related. There's grapes in the title. Yeah. I always remember before I- I like sour grapes, sour grapes, sour grapes. I thought you said you don't like grape flavor. 
No, I'm singing a song about sour grapes. I'm sorry, am I out of touch here? Yes. Is this an, a TikTok song? No. Thank goodness. It's from Teen Titans. Oh, I love Teen Titans. Who's I your love favorite? Sour grapes, sour grapes, sour grapes. Who's your favorite Teen Titan? Hmm. I like Robin. You like Robin? That's a, I mean, that's a good solid choice. That's like picking Mario out of the Mario Brothers characters lineup. You can't go wrong. I like Yoshi. <laughs> what if Yoshi was a Teen Titan? What would his power be? Just eating stuff? Um, Spitting his fruits shell. at people? His shell. Wait. No, Yoshi doesn't, doesn't have, have a shell. <laughs> Those are the totals. You're thinking of uh, Koopaling? Yeah. Yeah. Liz, uh, we were talking about The Grapes of Wrath. Before I actually read The Grapes of Wrath and saw the John Ford movie with Henry Fonda, the only thing I knew about The Grapes of Wrath was in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie, when they have to go out of the city and hide out in the countryside, they go to like this old dilapidated house. And I think it's uh, probably Raphael who's like, what is this? The Grapes of Wrath? And I I've had no idea seen... what it meant, but I thought it was funny. I've never seen like a Teen Titans no, oh my god, that's stuck in my head. We were talking about two different teenage yeah. crime-fighting factions. The te- Ninja Turtles? Yes. You've never seen the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 90s? I haven't seen any of them. Oh my gosh, well guess what we're doing right after this show? Watching Mary Poppins. <laughs> watching. <laughs> we still haven't done that. Watching, uh, oh my god, what are they called? The Turtles. The Turtles. <laughs> the Turtles. You sound like, you sound like an old person. What's, like- what's them, the Turtles? I like turtles. I like turtles. Darby Allen. Uh, what are them things called? T- turtles, the yeah. Liz, hey, uh, speaking of comic and cartoon characters, Captain America, Wonder Woman, both debuted in comic books in 1941. Joe DiMaggio went on his 56-game hitting streak for the Yankees. I was about to call him Joe Domingo. <laughs> Joe Domingo? <gasps> That's going to be a cool name. Joe Domingo. Oh, okay. If your name is Joe Domingo, tweet at us, please, at Junk Feud Pod. The first television commercial aired before a Phillies game. Yeah, it was for a Bulva watch. Uh, Mount Rushmore was finished after 17 years. That's the actual Mount Rushmore, not Mount Crunchmore. Uh, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, yeah. bringing the U.S. into World War II. Yeah, that was kind of the big thing that happened that year, huh? I guess. In 1941, <laughs> the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. I, we had to save that for the end because everybody knew it was coming. Hey, uh, Liz, also 1941, both Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel were born of Art Simon Garfunkel. and Garfunkel. That's a good name, isn't it? Yeah. Garfunkel. There should be a candy bar called the Garfunkel. And jazz, is it pianist? pianist? Yeah. Yeah, jazz pianist. Jelly Roll Morton died. R.I.P. to a real one, Jelly Roll Morton. I was just telling my friends about how every time we hear someone dies on the show, you say R.I.P. to a real one. I know, because these are old historical figures. I have no actual connection to them, so it (laughs) helps me to process it to say a silly thing that teenagers say. R.I.P. to a real one. I guess probably actual teenagers don't say that anymore, if I had to guess. Yeah. That's like the internet's version of a thing that a teenager might say. Like dab on them. Do people still, as you dab in the <laughs> studio, unbelievable, gross. Dad, hit the dab. I will not, categorically, I will not hit the dab. Will you dab on the haters? I will not do that either. You know what I will do, Liz? What? Uh, I will talk about M&M's because the war was going M&Ms. on. It's nineteen. It's now 1942 after they opened the factory. Chocolate is scarce due to rationing, but uh, Mars and Murray have this new candy treat that is designed... Like almost specifically for eating in combat, because that's where Mars saw it first. So they did the smart thing. They signed an exclusivity deal with the U.S. Army to include M&Ms in resealable cardboard tubes. They weren't in these little Mylar bags. They were in cardboard tubes. And they put them into the soldiers' rations list. It was genius. 
Wow. Yeah, so they were giving chocolate to the soldiers that only they could make and only to the soldiers. And this did a couple things um, because later, Liz, it's like 1945, they finally become available to the general public. And that includes those soldiers that are eventually coming home from war that for better or worse are nostalgic for these candies that they would eat when they were overseas in battle. And they were introducing them to their children later on, the baby boom and the demand Alyssa, for M&M's became so great that Morris had to invent peanut M&M's in 1954 to diversify its product line. And then also that year in 1954, they started printing the M on each little candy. Do you know why they did that, Liz? Uh, for marketing. Part of it was marketing. It was also because there were so many counterfeits. There were fake M&M's out there, Alyssa. What? Yeah, and Mars had the technology to print little M's How on their rude. candies. How yeah. And uh, in fact, in 1954, the M's that they were printing on there used to be black. That was the year they changed them to white so that they would stand out better against the shells like they are now. Wow. Anyway, also 1954 list. They open another factory. Where's this one? In Hackettstown, New Jersey. Yeah. Hackettstown, New Jersey, just down the street. Strike that. Not 1954. <laughs> it's 1958 list. Yes. Hackettstown, New Jersey, where the street signs have M&Ms on them. Yeah. And sometimes the city smells like chocolate. Really? Yeah. Liz, I've heard at that factory during an eight-hour shift, they will make anywhere from 400 million to 2 billion M&Ms. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how many M&Ms 2 billion M&Ms is? Just say no. No. No, because I can't either. That's unbelievable. And Liz. That would be like only this section. (laughs) 2 billion M&Ms would probably fill like, uh, probably fill a lot of our house if I had to guess. Billion Oh. Billion with a B. Billion. Yeah, but do you Billions. know they're really small? Though. They are really small. I mean, if we were clever, we could do the math and figure out how much volume <laughs> there was. But there's no time for that, Alyssa, because we have to talk about all the different varieties of M&Ms there are. Yes. Taquitos.net says there's 59 different flavors of M&Ms. Okay, I'll go through. You're going to go through all 59? Yes. Okay. Let's... Peanut. Uh-huh. Peanut butter. Crispy. Pretzel. S'mores. Hot cocoa. Uh-huh. Uh, where where, where are the not, rest of them? That's not quite 59. I think uh, you see that ETC there that stands uh, for et cetera? Et cetera. Yeah, that's doing a lot of work in that sentence list. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite of the all kinds of different M&Ms that you've had? Which ones do you like the best? I like the hot cocoa. Hot cocoa were really good. They were a little bit marshmallowy. Yeah. Very chocolatey. I liked those. We had those uh, around Christmas time last year. Those ones remind me of the hot cocoa Hershey Kiss. Yeah, very similar flavor profiles for those. I like the uh, crispy M&Ms. Anything crispy I like. Crunch bars. Our, our friends at Candy is Dandy just did an episode on crunch bars, which I listened to and was, was quite I've never hilarious. had a crunch bar. You've never had a crunch bar? Well, guess what we're doing right <laughs> after this show? Watching, watching Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Watching okay. Ninja Turtles. And eating, and eating a crunch, crunch bar. bar. I mean, that's I, that, if I was a 12-year-old, I would think that would probably be about the coolest night I could imagine. And Butterfingers. And a Butterfinger, that's right. Oh, and also, a Babe Ruth. You've never had a Baby Ruth? Baby Ruth, whatever it's called, no. Uh, I mean, we can save that one for another day. I've never had... Hmm, less one you don't think I've ever had. What's a, like a candy I don't think yeah. you've ever had? Like a, yeah. Uh, I never. I know you've never had a Goo Goo Cluster. Uh, no. I know you've never had a Cipher's Vallow Milk. No. <laughs> what is that? Cipher's Vallow Milk. Uh, they're actually super good. If you can imagine a Reese's peanut butter cup, you know the little the little chocolate cups. Mm-hmm. Instead of peanut butter in the middle, it has creamy marshmallow 
Wow. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're super, super sweet. You can get them at like the Cracker Barrel uh, convenience stores. So it's like a little country stores. It's kind of like if a Mallow Mar was a candy, but without the cookie in it and better chocolate and a better marshmallow. So nothing at all like it, actually. Oh, okay. Aside from the fact <laughs> that it's just chocolate and marshmallow. Liz, fun fact about peanut M&Ms. He was allergic. Yeah, Forrest Mars was allergic to peanuts. He never even got to try a peanut M&M. Wow. Sad. Now, the store's M&M's. You want to talk about the M&M stores, don't you? Yes. M&M's World Stores, Alyssa, which has locations in Bloomington, Orlando. Hey, I wanted to say it. Okay, go ahead. Bloomington, Orlando, <laughs> Las Vegas, New York, Shanghai. Shanghai. Uh, London and Berlin. London and Berlin. Liz, have you ever been inside of an M&M store? Well, uh, yes. Yeah? I ha- I was in it. New- you were in the in- one in Times Square in New York, weren't you? Yeah, a lot of times. One yeah. time we went for Ella's like fifth or fourth birthday. Shout out to friend of the show, Ella. And we got American Girl dolls and then we got a big two of M&M's. Oh, M&M's. Wow, what a day. Yeah. Liz, the M&M's World we had Stores. pizza. Where did you have pizza? I don't know. Did, did uh, Queen Natalie take you to like a fancy... Uh, like a bougie no. pizza place? It was like the, oh, we still go there. And it has, it's like a garden outside. Uh-huh. There's a seating. And then you, inside, there's like the horse butt chairs. The horse, oh, Grimaldi's. Yeah. Yeah, Grimaldi's is good. Yes, it is. Shout out to Miss Natalie for taking you to a good pizza place in the We city. are so bougie. That, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, that's like medium bougie for pizza in New York City. Uh, you're medium bougie. You're mid dad. I don't know what that means. So I'm going to take that as a compliment. Uh, Lissa. What? The M&M's World Stores. Unbelievable decadence. Like Decadence? The, for the Times Square store in particular, this is some of the most expensive rental real estate for retail <laughs> in the entire world. And they made a store that just has M&M's chocolate candies in it. Like that is a, we were talking about mid and medium. That is a big flex. Large flex, Alyssa. <sighs> weird flex but okay yeah i don't really understand the appeal of like these singularly branded tourist attractions like that although i will say Alyssa, i was just in orlando i went to the world of coca-cola store at disney springs oh gosh dad it was kind of nice actually i mean there's not much to it you just go in and there's like here's a thing with a coca-cola logo on it there here's was a rooftop bar. another thing with a coca-cola logo on it yeah there was a rooftop bar if you remember at epcot that, oh this, that's probably like the oreo place at american dream uh, yeah, you're right. It was pretty similar to that, actually, to the Oreo store there. And I guess that's kind of the appeal of the M&M store, too. It's Do you remember like, the jelly bean part of it? And it was like everything jelly bean. I love jelly bean, so I was very there pleased was with that. There a jelly bean picture of a, Walt Disney. A Statue of Liberty made out of jelly beans, if I recall, Alyssa. Really? Yeah, that's right. In the front of the store. Wow. So anyway, Liz, that's like... That's the appeal of these kinds of things, these big stores. They're populated exclusively with things that are related to a thing that you already like. So if you're like on vacation on the Las Vegas Strip, it's super low risk to wander in to an M&M store because you know you already like M&M, so everything in there is going to be copacetic. Yeah. I have, Alyssa, a red M&M as Elvis Presley Christmas ornament from the <laughs> M&M store in Las Vegas. Wow. That's very silly. And speaking of the red M&M, Lissa, do you know anything about the green M&M? Um, is that the gay one? Uh, no, I don't believe so. The green M&M is canonically like the sexy one. What? She's like sassy. She wears these big white go-go boots. She has lipstick on. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, the cutest Eminem is actually the brown one. She was voiced by Vanessa Williams in a commercial. It was very funny. Everyone was looking at her and like, oh, my God, you're naked because, you know, chocolate is brown. She says she just has a brown shell. And then the red Eminem shows up and he's like, oh, I didn't know we were having this kind of party. And he like takes off his red shell and is doing like the Apache dance. And he's uh, <laughs> he's he's naked. It's very funny. Naked candy is funny. I guess so. So, I mean, the whole gimmick behind this is it's 1995. They they have these new M&Ms that are envisioned. We're going to talk about this in a moment. But they wanted to make one a girl. And probably because the whole writer's room for this commercial campaign was all guys, they had no idea what to do with an actual woman. So they just said, well, let's make one a girl and we'll make her sassy or whatever. And there was no way to do it subtly. So they did it like super silly and over the top. And Alyssa, we talked about yeah, her. Yeah, I was right. The green and brown one. You think the green and brown M&Ms are in a relationship together because you saw a picture of it on Twitter? No, but I'm <laughs> stop. Hey, maybe. Listen, I don't understand anything about the uh, preferences of M&Ms because they're imaginary <laughs> look at what it, Look at this Reddit. <laughs> yeah, that's we're not going to say that on the show because that's... Uh, not safe for work. If you guys just look up gay M&M, you'll find about a million stories about the great... Oh my God, it was on the news. Yeah, well, that's that's like super... There's a there's a whole thing about the M&M's mascots right now, Alyssa, that we're not going to get into <laughs> on this show because frankly, I don't care enough about it to have an opinion on something like that. But listen, you know what I do have an opinion on? What? The green M&M's go-go boots. Have you seen the pictures of her in the white, the like the big white go-go boots? Oh, yeah. Yes. Are those like the big like red boots that are trending right now what? to make them look like the cartoon? <laughs> no, those are funny. The green M&M's boots are white. And she has since swapped them out for like a, a more sensible pair of tennis shoes, like sneakers. But uh, the, the white boots that she wore was actually a limitation of the animation at the time, as oh. you can see there. Because when they made the green M&M with the boots on, when she was like supposed to be like very sassy, they wanted, they couldn't figure out, the animators couldn't figure out how to make feminine ankles on a candy. They just, they said her ankles were too chunky and they didn't like the way that it looked. So they said, whatever, forget it, just put boots on her. That's so funny. That's so dumb, isn't it? And it's, yeah, it was a limitation. It was not the intended design. They couldn't come up with a way to draw <laughs> slender female candy ankles. So stupid. And Alice, of course, Is this the- uh, hard to draw? You're showing me your ankle now. <laughs> Gross. Uh, the whole thing, the, the reason that the green M&M got to be the sassy one, Alyssa, was because for some reason there was this myth in the 1970s that it was unsubstantiated, of course, that uh, green M&Ms were an aphrodisiac. Do you know what that is? Nope. It's supposed to be like a type of food that makes you more attracted to somebody. So they said like if you if you give your boyfriend or girlfriend green M&Ms, they will want to fall in love with you. Anyway, that's where Miss Green came from. Oh. And all of this list, the green M&M, the red M&M, the yellow M&M, the blue M&M, the orange M&M, they are all in this weird universe of shared lore that is based on what's in the commercials. Have you seen some of these silly like M&M commercials? Um, some of them. I know you've seen the Christmas one where they stumble upon Santa Claus and they're like, oh, he does exist. And then Santa Claus sees the M&Ms and he goes, they do exist. And then they all faint. That's a very famous Black. one. We talked about that one, I think. Anyway, I haven't seen it. There's, there's like a whole world of these commercials and the rules are a little bit fast and loose, but here's kind of what we know about 
the M&Ms based on those. They are all different species. So like a peanut M&M is a distinct species from a red milk chocolate M&M. Huh. Yeah, they're like different animals. Uh, their shell is their clothing. We talked about all that already. It's not their skin. It's actually clothing that they can put on and take off. And then they additionally wear gloves and shoes. So that's more clothing. They are cannibals, Alyssa. They eat themselves. They eat themselves like a lot. They are always eating their own kind and each other. Uh, the orange M&M is sitting on a couch with Patrick Warburton eating a bag of himself of himself his own orange m&ms and then uh later in a different commercial patrick warburton again is chiding the m&ms for eating bags of their own kind and like wow. peanut is eating peanut m&ms and red is eating milk chocolate m&ms and then they look at each other and they switch bags and just think that's okay they had a uh you you might have seen this when they had a hazelnut spread spokes candy m&m and uh right before the big unveiling where they showed this new limited edition hazelnut spread like nutella you know mm -hmm. hazelnut spread m&m uh the hazelnut spread m&m was gone and they cut backstage to all the other m&ms and their faces are just covered with chocolate and nutella because they ate him oh before he went on God. it's very unnerving that's scary yeah if you're interested uh food theory on youtube did a really nice video about this you can check it out there yeah it is, I think it's weird, <laughs> Alyssa, that we are like so conditioned to love these characters, these mascots, because they're very funny and charismatic, but then also we're expected to eat them. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Is that strange? It's like, uh, I don't know, like if you raise chickens on a farm, but the chickens run around like telling jokes and being all friendly and cool with you and sassy, and then you're like, well, McNugget, I'm going to eat you nugget, now. I'm going to eat you. Yeah, I'm going to eat you now. I don't like McNuggets. Your brother had McNuggets today. Oh, you know what McDonald's is doing now, Liz? If you order McDuggets through the app online. McDuggets. <laughs> McDuggets. You can uh, you can select Big Mac sauce as your dipping sauce, and you'll get a little cup of the Big Mac sauce. First time ever you can get that on the side like that, prepackaged. Yeah. Wow. It's good, too. Is that what you did? Well, every time your brother gets nuggets, because he doesn't eat them with any sauces, I order the Big Mac sauce, and then I borrow one of his nuggets and dunk it in the sauce. Good job, Dad. Yeah. And uh, speaking of things that are red and yellow mixed together, like Big Mac sauces, the red and yellow M&Ms list. Yeah. These are the character models that everybody mostly knows because they're like the two main characters of the commercials. The character design, we said they debuted in 1995, was by a guy named Will Vinton. List. we've said that name on this show before. Do you know who Will Vinton is? Uh, he was like famous for his claymation holiday specials. Yeah, Will Vinton did the claymation Christmas, my favorite of his specials. The California Raisins, Alyssa, was a big advertising campaign, also for food, for snacks, that Will Vinton did. And then uh, in these commercials, there were celebrity voices that rounded out the characters. Do you know who some of them were? Uh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Do you know who John Lovitz is? Uh, no. John Lovitz was sort of like a character actor, but he was also on Saturday Night Live, and he's very, very funny. He was the critic, Jay Sherman, the cartoon. It stinks. He had a very distinctive voice and accent. You see, the train moves, not the station. He was in uh, A League of Their Own, the girls playing baseball movie mm. with Tom Hanks. No crying in baseball. Billy West. Billy West is now voicing Red. It was originally John Lovitz. Billy West, you know this. He's Fry on Futurama. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, Danny DeVito actually once played the red M&M in real life in a commercial. The uh, red M&M picked up a penny off the ground and he wished on that lucky penny like Pinocchio style to be a real boy and he turned into Danny DeVito. Wow. Yeah. Yellow's pretty good. He was John Goodman originally and then J.K. Simmons. You know, you know J.K. Simmons, right? No. He's uh, J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man. No. Spider-Man. No Way Home? Yeah, no. yeah, in No Way Home. 
You know, in, I've in only all of seen, the Spider-Man movies that you've seen. I've only seen the Tom Holland movies. Oh, you're missing out. The Tobey Maguire movies are very good for the most part. Two is perhaps one of the best superhero movies of all time. One is excellent. Three is not very good at all, actually, but some people <laughs> like it. And then uh, the two Andrew Garfield movies have not really gotten better with age. They were bad to begin with, but uh, I kind of like Andrew Garfield, and I thought he did a great job in No Way Home when he no, showed but up. Andrew Spoiler Garfield, alert. there was like one um, one scene I saw, and he's in like the hotel with the elevator, and he like knocks the guards out like so easily. Andrew Garfield in a hotel in an elevator in knocks the, out guards in the Spider Man movie. In the Spider Man movie. Or maybe it was like an ad or something. Huh, I don't remember that. I mean, I'm sure it happened, but I don't remember it. I know Captain America definitely does that in one of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you know uh, about Spider-Man knocking out some goons in a hotel elevator. No, it wasn't in the elevator. It was outside of the elevator. And then his like girl partner ran into the elevator and the guy was trying to stop her. And then he like webbed him. Spider-Man has a girl partner? Yeah. In the Andrew Garfield movie? My God! Are you talking about? Are you talking about Gwen? <laughs> Probably Spider Gwen. I Gwen Stacy. His name wrong. I spelled Garfield. <laughs> Gard Andrew Gardfeld. Listen, Andrew Gardfeld. Yeah. What do you think uh, Andrew Garfield's favorite color of Eminem is? Hmm. Red. Probably he's Spider red because he's Spider Man. Do you list? Do you think the different colors of Eminem's taste different? No. No, of course not. They don't. Mars says they don't either. The recipe is the same for each M&M lentil, that's what they're called. And uh, the only difference is that they have a flavorless food dye. But list, some people say they can taste the difference between like a green M&M and a red M&M. No way. Uh, I don't believe it either. You're kidding. Yeah. I, I mean, the only one that actually tastes different, I think, for the plain milk chocolate M&Ms is if you get the minis. The M&M's minis because the candy shell to chocolate ratio is slightly different. So they, they taste a little bit sweeter. Kind of like yeah. how um, the chocolate to peanut butter ratio affects the Reese's Cups. You know what people were doing on TikTok? What's that, bud? They were taking the mini tubes of M&M's and like they would already be gone. And then they would put like a hot dog in it and then it would slide down their throat when they would. Alyssa, that's very irresponsible. Do you know that hot dogs are the number one choking hazard on food products in America? It's so funny. I mean, it probably is funny, but dangerous, incredibly dangerous. Once again- <laughs> It's like the, the jelly fruit straw. Yeah. I, th listen, once and for all, I think this proves my theory that you should never do anything that you see on TikTok. I guess. Alyssa. What? So M&M's popular in popular culture, not necessarily on TikTok, aside from hot dog Carrying tubes, I guess. Uh, one of your mom's favorite movies is The Wedding your Planner. Your mom. The Wedding Planner, Alyssa. Do you know what The Wedding Planner is? I do not. Jennifer Lopez and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is a doctor. He meets Jennifer Lopez. He's uh, talking to her in the park, and he's telling her how he only eats brown M&Ms because- I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, he figures chocolate's already brown, so they must have less artificial color, which is, is of course not true and silly, but it's like a, you know, a cute thing that Matthew McConaughey would say. Lisa, what's your favorite romantic comedy, rom-com, like The Wedding Planner? Geek Charming. Geek Charming. <laughs> wow, you are quick on the draw with that. What on earth is Geek Charming? It's really funny. So it's, it's like, kind of a disney movie uh-huh oh it has the girl from modern family in it yeah okay wait what yeah the second girl there sarah highland yeah yeah you don't know what modern family is do you no i do modern wait it's a sitcom is that the one with like the hispanic mom 
Yeah, it's a show about a uh, modern uh, family. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so geek charming, huh? What's the uh, what is the central misunderstanding in geek charming that drives the plot? Like, what is the thing that people are disagreeing about or fighting over in that one? Well, they think that the prince is the geek. Ah, but he's not a real prince. So he's a case just of a uh, case of mistaken identity. Well, he is a geek, but so the popular girl ends up falling for him. Of course, naturally. Yeah, like what? Oh, you're such a geek. Is that what she says? Does she redline the microphone too? When she says it. Yes. Liz, I uh, every one of those romantic comedies is based on like a tiny misunderstanding, something that could be like very easily negated if the characters just actually talk to each other or had yeah. cell phones. Or like the the oh, what's it called? I watched it on the plane. Ten thing. Oh, ten. Ten. Ten things I hate about you? No. Oh, because that's a good one. That's ten maybe reasons, your mom's favorite. Oh, ten, ten ways to lose a guy. How to lose a guy in ten days? Yes. Yeah, that one was super silly. If they just would have said the thing that they were thinking, everything. I mean, that's not very dramatic, though, is it? No. Liz, uh, speaking very dramatic, do you know that M&Ms were the first candy in space in 1981? A very good year, 1981. Wow. Yeah. They were aboard the space shuttle Columbia. We've 1981. Talk- You're flattering yourself a bit, Dad. I'm flattering myself a bit. That's the year Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in theaters, Alyssa. Uh-huh. What else happened, Dad? Nothing of consequence. Oh. Uh, here's another funny popular culture story. I, you have to have heard of this one, Alyssa. This is called the Van Halen M&M story. I have not. Okay, so this is a notorious M&M story, and one that's actually been confirmed to be true. This was a rumor for a long time. This was uh, the 1980s. Van Halen is one of the biggest bands in the world. Van Halen. Van Halen. You like Van Halen. I've We've listened. You no, have. Dad. You 100% have heard Van Halen. We listened to Van Halen in the car yesterday. Oh. Panama. What? Yeah. Panama City is in Florida. Oh, boy. Yeah. Liz. What? Focus. What? Uh, <laughs> when Van Halen would go on tour, big bands like Van Halen have these things that are called riders. They're like addenda to their contract. Which is, uh, they can just specify things that they want provided for them when they're on tour for every venue. So, this like, reminded me of something. What's that? When Taylor Swift is getting like onto stage, uh-huh. she has to ride in, like, she has to go in a box and they have to push her. Oh, well, that's a different kind of rider, isn't it? <laughs> this is like, you know, if you have a favorite kind of drink that you want backstage. <laughs> And you like you want it to be served like Mariah Carey demands that her drinks are served at a certain temperature or something like that. So anyway, when Van Halen would go on tour, um, they would put in every contract that they wanted a big bowl of M&Ms backstage in their dressing room and they wanted all the brown M&Ms removed from the bowl. And so, you know, this was claimed at the time that it was one of the one of the examples of like the deplorable excesses of rock stars. Here's this band that thinks they're so cool that they want these dumb things done for them. They're just flexing on everybody. But here's what actually happened. Later in an interview, David Lee Roth, who was the lead singer of Van Halen, said that demanding that all the brown M&Ms be removed from the bowl was this way that they had to ensure that concert venues were actually paying like strict attention to the requirements that they put in their contracts because their shows were super big and they were very demanding technically and they had special effects and pyrotechnics and lots of stuff that could be like super dangerous if it was handled improperly. So telling the crew that they wanted M&Ms with the brown ones taken out was a way to make sure that the crew was actually reading every line of the contract and doing the stuff that they were supposed to be doing. Wow. I think that's actually pretty smart of them. That is. Liz, speaking of pretty smart, I love this story too. 
M&Ms, probably the number one tool for potty training children in the United States of America. Oh, is that like the Cheerio thing? Yeah, it's where just you like, like that. put it. This is isn't this how you tra- potty train Chase? Go on. Mom used to put Cheerios in the toilet and say, "Chase, aim for the Cheerios." Oh, no. Well, yeah. I mean, he we did that because it's fun. That's not <laughs> what I was thinking of. M and M's are used as economic incentives in potty training lists as rewards. Do they make you like constipated or something? No, no. It's just that they're easy oh. candies for little kids to eat, and they're simple and sweet, and they like them. So you tell a kid like. If you go potty, you can have an M M&M. and M. You can have the sweets, honey. You yeah, can have you the can lollies. Have a, you can have a sweetie. One for a number one, two for a number two is like the going rate. Wow. So you want to hear a funny story about that? Uh, well, what if I wanted four? Would I have to poop twice? Ah, see, so you've already figured out the game. There's uh, an economics professor. His name is Stephen Levitt. He wrote the like smash hit number one bestseller. Freakonomics with his co-author Stephen Dubner. So Levitt figured that he was going to do the M&M trick when his three-year-old was potty training. And he said, okay, if you go potty, you can have an M&M. So the first couple days, like it went pretty well and she would go potty and she would get her M&Ms. But then on the third day, she figured, well, if I want M&Ms and I have to go potty to get them, I have to maximize the amount of times that I go potty. This is a three-year-old now. So she would go into the bathroom and she would go a little bit and then squeeze and get her M&Ms and then go back a minute later and go a little bit and squeeze and get her M&Ms. And so she was like setting herself up for a bladder infection by doing that. But her father, who was an economics professor who studies rewards and incentives, was roundly defeated by a very small child (laughs) because of M&Ms chocolate candies. Wow. Yeah, I think that's my favorite story about the uh, popular culture and M&Ms in the same orbit. Liz, what? <laughs> Why are you making that face? Because I know where this is going. Because you know that now it's time for my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Alyssa reads the ingredients. Alyssa, we have the uh, ingredients here for milk chocolate, plain M&Ms. Let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> Sugar, cocoa, mass, skimmed milk powder, cocoa butter, lactose, starch, milk fat, palm fat, gl- glucose mm-hmm. syrup, sh- shea sh- fat. Stabilizer, gum arabic, uh, dextrin, glazing agents, beeswax, carnauba wax, mm-hmm. colors E100, uh, carmen E132, E133. There's quite a lot of these colors. E150 you can skip those a, if you want. E150C. No, E150 you're going to do it. D, Keep going. E153, E160, E160, oh, E160A, E160E. Mm. E sixty two, E six, E one sixty three, E one seventy. Riveting. Beetroot concentrate emulsifiers. Soil, soil less than uh, E four hundred forty five. Uh-huh. Salt flavorings, palm kernel oil, antioxidant. Close antioxidant. <laughs> oh, E three hundred six may contain peanut, hazelnut, almond. Milk chocolate contains milk solid, 14% minimum. Milk chocolate contains vegetable fats and additional two cocoa butter. So here's the interesting thing about this ingredients list list. I got this right from the website, but as you can see from the spellings, this is the British spellings of things like colors and flavorings with the added U. Stabilizer. So these may be some international ingredients for it. Colors, flavorings. Anyway, keep that in mind. 
UK versions of this candy. As we get to the rules of the game, Liz, Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a King of the Mountain-style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. And Alyssa... Yeah. The reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is... Mexican Coke. Mexican Coke. List Jelly Fruit never had a chance, did it? Nope. No. Total squash match. TikTok jobber, Alyssa. Yes. Curtain jerker all the way. Yes. And today, Liz, we have a stronger challenger because we are trying... Um-ums. Um-ums. M&Ms, the original from 1941, made right down the street here in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Liz, oh my gosh. There's... Oh, What's that? It's coming in hot. Can it be? It's peanut M&M's. It is. It's peanut M&M's music. We're going to have a <laughs> run in from peanut M&M's. And guess what? What? Not only that, we got lucky. In this classic mix bag we have, Liz. We have peanut butter, too. We also have peanut butter M&M's. And it's and important. And then we have our Smarties. Oh, well, yeah. We have a box of <laughs> UK Smarties here that we weren't going to tell you about until later. But somebody... Yes, Queen. Was just very, very excited to yes, Queen on in here. Yes. Uh, Lissa. What's? It's crunch time. Crunch time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip. Sprinkles to fun dip. So snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats earning the elusive S tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for one serving. One serving. And is for the undisputed championship of junk food. Liss. Yes. What do you see here on this package? Now, uh, this is Clarence. not the, <laughs> There's a sticker on the front. Yes, with the price on it. There is not, this is not the uh, traditional singular package of classic plain milk chocolate original um, um, M&Ms, which is just a brown bag. And I remember from my youth that being a very like crinkly kind of paper. This is like your standard, like uh, thick mylar kind of plasticky bag as you crinkle it into the microphone. It's time for Alyssa's ASMR. Let's open this up. We'll spread them out on the table. We have to uh, separate out the milk chocolate from the peanut from the peanut butter. And then we're going to try them all. And we're going to, if you can figure out how to open this bag. Oh my gosh, you did it again. <laughs> Just rip the whole side right off. Well, you can definitely tell. Yeah, you can for sure tell the different ones because they're all different sizes. That's kind of the biggest deal here. Okay. So I've got a, a plane here. This is a peanut. How do you tell the peanut butter? Peanut butters are roundish. And peanuts are oblong. Oh, so these are butter. Yeah, there you go. So I think the the uh, plain milk chocolate, very easy to identify. Slick looking candy shell with a little bit of gloss to it. They're kind of hard and crackly. The white lowercase m printed prominently on the front of each one or the back, I guess. And the color mixture list is good. I like it a lot. We've got red, green, yellow, blue, and brown. There's only one and yellow. Orange. One little yellow. Yeah, you've got the one little yellow there. I've got uh, ready a red and orange. I'm going to try red first. I'm like going to try to guess what flavor I picked. Blue. Was it blue? I don't know. I didn't see it. You're not going to oh. be able to tell because it's in your mouth. All right, ready? Got to look. <laughs> got to look. Okay. <laughs> they all taste the same. They all taste exactly the same. Orange. No, that one was blue. Oh. Oh, this is not a regular lemon. No, it's peanut butter. <laughs> all right. So, Liz, I'm eating these. There is a nice balance between the creamy, somewhat bitter, somewhat sour, like mass-produced candy chocolate that's in the middle, and then the super sweet, super crispy candy shell that's on the outside. I'm going to take its clothes off. You're stripping the green M&M here. You're eating just the candy shell. There's a good crunch to these. They're very snackable. Like if there's a big bowl of M&Ms in front of you, 
it's very easy to take a handful and just plow through that whole handful. My God, it's all over my You're face. making a mess. Oh, we forgot to do that. We forgot to see if these will melt in our mouth and not in our hand. So I'm going to put one in my hand and squeeze my hand. It's warm in here. You have uh, apparently sweaty hands anyway, so this shouldn't be a problem for you. So I have a red M&M in my fist. I'm going to keep it there while we move on to peanut M&Ms list. So the peanut M&Ms, much larger. The plain milk chocolate M&M lentils, small, very bite-sized. Peanut M&Ms, still bite-sized, but much larger, obviously, because there's a peanut in the middle of the chocolate. I've got a yellow one here. I bet mine's already melted. (laughs) The peanut M&Ms are very good. You have the same slightly bitter, slightly sour, but still creamy milk chocolate. The snappy, sweet candy shell. But then you've got sort of the nuttiness and, I don't know, earthiness, I guess? Like vegetal quality, sort of, of the peanut of the legume that's in the middle there. The only complaint that I have, Alyssa, about peanut M&Ms, and I have this all the time, is that the peanuts are not salty enough. Mm-mm. If there was a pop of salt to these peanut M&Ms, they would be completely elevated. They would be much better. But as it stands, like sometimes I'll just let one sit in my mouth so that the candy shell and the chocolate dissolves and it just has the peanut. And the peanut itself is a little bit lacking. Right, they're usually, do our peanut butter they're usually not as crunchy as I want and they're definitely not salty, but they're still good. So here's peanut butter M&Ms. Now, the contrast for peanut butter M&M's immediately is with Reese's Pieces, isn't it, Liz? Yeah. Much softer. They're a little bit softer. They're less snappy. The candy shell is still good. There's, Is there chocolate around the peanut butter in this? You just did a cross-section of one. Let me see. Yeah, so there is a little bit of chocolate around the outside of the peanut butter filling that's in the middle, which does differentiate them from Reese's Pieces. But in this case, I don't know if it works exactly because it doesn't seem like it's enough of each one to give you like the pop of salty, sweet peanut butter with the depth of the chocolate around it. Here's what it looks like. You've got cross sections of each one there. You can see them. There's classic M&M chocolate, the peanut M&M that has the chocolate around it, and then the peanut butter M&M, which also has the chocolate around it, which is nice for that little burst, but I don't know that the candy shell works exactly right in that flavor combination. There's nice heterogeneity, but I don't know if it works exactly well together. Liz, I've been holding onto this red M&M in my fist the whole time. The red candy shell coloring has come off onto my fingers and my palm. You can see the little mark from where I was sweating a little bit. You did the same thing with a blue one. Your entire hand is blue because you are super sweaty. Here's the thing though, Liz. The tagline is, the milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. What happened? Well, it definitely melted in my hand. The candy shell melted in your hand. The milk chocolate. chocolate inside is still intact and has not melted. Yeah. So they were right. And that's why it worked for rations for soldiers in the field where it was hot. Because even if the milk chocolate gets melty, the candy shell keeps it inside. It's pretty good, right? So Liz, let's hit the bliss point. What do you think? They're good. A classic candy. You say they're good. You heard it first from a 12-year-old. They're good. It's going to look like I'm bruised. (laughs) (laughs) Because the blue on your hand. Yeah, it does kind of. Oh, wait. We have to try the Smarties to contrast before we talk about what we think. Yes, I love the Smarties. So here's the... uh, Here's the Smarties from the UK. Oh, we'll see if these ones melt in our... They're smaller. They don't have the M on them, obviously. The colors are different. These are pastel colored. Well, these are Smarties minis, I guess. So they're naturally smaller. Oh. Whoa. Way different flavor from the candy. The M&M's candy shell is just like a very benign, generic sweetness. It's just sugar. These have a flavoring of some sort. I don't know, because it doesn't say it on the box. These taste more like... um. Have you ever had sixlets, Alyssa? No. They're like a, uh, like a lesser Halloween candy. You are spilling these all over the place. <laughs> all right, so we've tried the Smarties. 
That one did not melt in your sweaty palm there. Anyway, what do you think? Sprinkles to fun dip. Where do you rank M&M's, plain milk chocolate, peanut M&M's, and peanut butter M&M's? All right, regular M&M's, I'll give them an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Peanut M&M's? Wow. I'll give them an A-. minus. Okay. And peanut butter M&M's, I'll give them a B+. Plus. B plus. Wow. Those are, Alyssa, those are very, very strong ratings for these candies. I am not going to go as high as you. I think M&Ms are good, but they're kind of like, I don't know, they're so ubiquitous, so generic that they're sort of like the baseline for me. Like I think an M&M, a milk chocolate M&M is like a C to me. What? It's an average candy. It's the, the chocolate is not outstanding in any way. The candy shell is not outstanding in any way. The combination of those two things elevates it a little bit, but it's it's what you would expect from a candy. If someone handed me a bag of, an M- of M&M's, I would say, oh, thanks, good. Like these are, I wouldn't be overwhelmed by that in any way. But I like them. I don't dislike them. I just think they're, you know, like the flavor says, plain. So for me, plain milk chocolate M&M's C, uh, peanut M&M's C+, and peanut butter M&M's also C+. And the Smarties, I think, are also like a C. Yeah, but that, I mean, Smarties I, weren't the best for me. That's not a great rating for me, but I don't dislike M and M's. In fact, I like them quite a lot. They were one of my favorite candies when I was a little kid. It was like Cheerios and M and M's were my go-to little snackable things. So, what do you think? Does uh, you gave? I'm going to defer to you on this one because you gave them very, very high scores. You gave, I love M and M's. You gave M and M's an A plus, which I love. That's such a good score. List. Do you think that A plus from M and M's is enough to take down Mexican Coke? See, for me, it would be a yes. Wow. But that's only because, like, Mexican Coke, it's really good. Yeah. But sometimes, like, if you have too much of it, it gets old. Same thing with M&M's. So true. But I feel like I don't really have M&M's that much. And this is just kind of like, you know. It's like a special treat. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about Mexican Coke, actually. So what do you think? I don't know. New champ or not? Upset of the century, if so. I don't know. What do you think? I think no, for sure. But that's, again, that's just me. I'll go with no. Yeah. Just because Mexican Coke, I don't know. This was way closer than I expected, Alyssa. I was not expecting that from you. I knew that you liked M&M's. You like plain Hershey's bars and you love M&M's. I Those were like entire Hershey bar the other day. You did. I know. I watched you do it. It was very unsettling. <laughs> But it's so good. I'm probably going to have one after this, too. I mean, these are the things oh, what's that... what's for dinner tonight? Uh, I don't know. Mom's downstairs. We got to ask her when we go down there. Ooh, so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I'm excited for, Liz? What? Proclaiming your winner and still barely reigning defending <laughs> Wait, undisputed champion of junk food. Got you a piece of the shell. Thanks, bud. Mexican Coke. Wow. Wow. So close to an upset there, way closer than I thought. Ready, we're going to try the shell bites. You are making an incredible mess. Let's, we're going we're gonna to power through this here. There's no Oreo rule this week. We had S'morios last week. They were great. I think they were closer to defeating Mexican Coke than just about anything else, but we had to say no to it. Uh, big thanks again to friend of the show, Amir, who came up with those for us. And Alyssa, <laughs> every week we ask ourselves a very important question on this show. Can you deep fry this week's snack? Will it deep fry? Obviously. Yeah, unsurprisingly, yes. Uh, There are a few different variations. You can batter and fry M&Ms per the usual. So they're like, you know, M&M donuts. But also, Liz, I saw this a few different times online with videos even. Uh, Straight up M&Ms just pan fried in a thin layer of oil. So the shell sort of stays intact. 
mostly, but the chocolate inside gets all gooey and melty. Still doesn't come out, but it gets all gooey and melty. And then you like pop them into your mouth and you eat little uh, hot chocolate candy balls. I want to make some M&M water. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be good. Liz, you know what is going to be good? What? The back of the box. And it's time to check out Alyssa, the back of the box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. This week's segment, Alyssa, is Fast Feud. Fast Feud. I yeah. didn't know we were doing Fast Feud. Yeah, we're doing Fast Feud, and it's your turn to answer, too. On Fast Feud, we rapid fire food trivia question at, uh, questions at each other five at a time. I was rapid firing my uh, diction there. Whoa. Your water is changing colors here. Liz. Uh, the last time you scorched me on those Harry Potter questions when we did the Butterbeer show. So I have some easy ones for you here. Okay. Alyssa, uh, what were the original M&M colors? All right. I'm going to go red, green, brown, blue, yellow. Red, green, brown, brown, blue, yellow, you say. Okay. Number two, what color was eliminated temporarily in 1976 over fears that it could cause cancer? Red. Red, you say. Number three, what color replaced tan- in 1995, after a call-in vote campaign to the number 1-800-FUN-COLOR. Oh, no, brown. <laughs> uh, a color that replaced tan. Oh, um, Tan yeah. was in the lineup. There was a new color. Yellow. Yellow, you say. What color was temporarily added to the lineup in 2002 after the M&M's global color vote? Blue. Wait, I want to change my first answer. You want to change- Dang it. You want to change number three no, to blue? it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You can if you want. Three will just- No, no. No, just leave it. Okay. And finally, the last one, uh, wild card here, Alyssa. M&Ms are the number one Halloween candy in three states. Can you name at least one of those? New Jersey. New Jersey, you say. Okay, so let's run this down. Oh, no. Actually, Florida. Oh, you're cheating now, you see. Uh, <laughs> you looked at the answers. Okay. Uh, number one, original M&Ms colors, red, yellow, violet, green, and brown. So you got that one wrong. Yeah. Uh, Question number two, what color was eliminated temporarily in 1976 over fears it could cause cancer? That was red. You got that right. So you're one, one up now. What color replaced tan in 95 after the call-in vote? That was blue. Blue, so you're incorrect. And then what color was temporarily added in 2002 after the global color vote? That was purple. So wrong there too. And uh, number one, Halloween and candy in three states. Those states are Florida, Hawaii, and Kansas, Alyssa. I was going to say something like Kansas because I feel like they're just kind of like there. Well, you should have done it. You would have been right. But instead, you went one for five today. Not your best outing. Yeah. Uh, what was I? Oh, your water is absolutely disgusting looking. <laughs> should I drink it? Uh, well, it's just candy and chocolate and water, so it's probably okay. And you know what else is okay, Liz? What? This show. And in <laughs> fact, this podcast should reach you in excellent condition. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Liz? No. Any, what? <laughs> no. Oh, you jumped the gun. You were, <laughs> so we have to do this the right way. Oh. Uh, any final <laughs> thoughts this week? No. No, of course not. Uh, this podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun. fun. For more, go to Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you choose to be social and find us at Junk Feud Pod. You can watch fun-sized reviews on YouTube, buy our merch on TeePublic, and don't forget to catch all the snacking each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again, for Alyssa, I'm Mike. Hasta la zana. Don't get any on ya. Bye. Hit him with the wrist. Um, um's.